When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating First Amendment auditing, and we are starting right now with ASEAN's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us, ASEAN. The floor is all yours. All right, so thank you, James, for giving me a platform to explain my problem with First Amendment auditors. I'm going to do my best to steel man the argument for auditing. United States First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Freedom of the press is the right of every U.S. citizen and a press pass is not required to be the press. First Amendment auditors are not the following. They are not sovereign citizens to reject their citizenship to the United States and reject the U.S. Constitution. These people are dangerous and share information that can cause harm to people. They are not cop watchers who are out there to record and hold police accountable. Even those, those people are exercising their First Amendment right to do so. They are not auditors. They are not people who record their interactions with the government or the police in order to document the events. All government employees that interact with the public should be recorded during every interaction with the public. They are not frauditors. Frauditors intentionally go out to be suspicious, to draw attention to themselves, like holding their hand behind their back when a cop approaches, like they have a gun behind their back, walking around drunk in public when there are laws against it, or walking up to police being rude and belligerent about it to anger the cop. They will cover their face, walk stealthily, look like they are prowling, intentionally lick into and record the content of vehicles. Some of that is not a crime, but much of it is criminal or could create probable cause for arrest or a Terry stop, depending on the local laws. Frauditors should be stopped immediately and should be condemned, especially the ones who call the police on themselves. This debate today is about First Amendment auditors. 
An auditor is an official inspector who performs an inspection of an individual's or organization's accounts, typically by an independent body. But for the sake of this argument, I will concede that they do not have to have some official capacity, and all citizens have a right to demand government transparency. A 1A auditor is someone who goes out and tests the system with the intent to find errors in the system, and sometimes I applaud such endeavors, but in a peaceful and civil manner that doesn't violate the will of others to record them, even in public, in order to see if they elicit an emotionally charged response. They are not trained at all. They don't always fully understand the law. They go to places where they are not conducting business in order to see if they can cause anxiety in someone and see if they will confront them and or call the police on them and then see how the police respond. These audits have exposed a lot of problems with police, and we definitely need police reform, but they are not the proper way of auditing the government. Auditing of the government should be done by trained citizens that are elected by the public to hold the government accountable. Auditors fall into two main camps, the ones who film private business from public and the ones who film government business from public. First camp are private business auditors who stand out in front of a business on a public easement to film. Such actions can harm the profit of that business, discourage customers from diving by the camera because they don't want some rando dude recording them, and or cause anxiety in the people who work there or the customers. All of those actions are immoral and should be condemned. They are not unlawful, but you should not intentionally go out to see if you can elicit anxiety, anger, or fear. The next group of auditors go to government buildings to film in public areas of the building, which is lawful. The problem is that usually their only business is to film the government to see if the government will violate your rights or not. Because you put them in fear or anxiety of what your actions are and intent actually are. If you have actual business and it's really not an audit because you are there for business. You really don't have any reason to go to another town or another state to perform an audit. That should be up to the people who live in that town to address issues within their own town. Auditors go to these places for the sole purpose of filming and to get an emotional reaction from officials, which can expose corruption, but antagonizing people is not moral. There is also lots of overlap between the two types, and they often do both types of audits. My favorite auditor does both types of audit is Amagansett Press and his son watching The Watchman. If you enjoy watching this content from auditors that is peaceful comment, then you should follow people like them. You shouldn't follow the people that are out there trying to garner more views by trying to elicit a response by being antagonistic. I want to replace even the positive type of interactive auditors with elected officials who are trained in the law and in auditing. I oppose both types of audits. Most of the time, they have no interaction, so they get no views and make no money on YouTube. All they do is cause anxiety and fear in patrons and staff with their audits. And the positive interactions are with people who already understand the law and your rights. Their fear and anxiety may be unreasonable, but it is real. 
these audits do actually elicit responses from concerned staff members who just want to know why you are there. The auditors usually refuse to explain what their intent is for filming, and while it does expose bad police and government officials sometimes, it is not the right way to do it. We do need to train our citizens about their rights, that most of the Bill of Rights is to protect us from overreacting government agents. The primary arm of the government that most citizens interact with are the police. The Bill of Rights is there to protect you from police snooping and being wrongfully charged for a crime. I appreciate that these auditors are teaching people about their right to remain silent, a right to not answer questions without an attorney, and the right to be secure in their papers and property. I could go on and on about how many of our rights are being violated by government agents, but that is a different debate. We need to educate our citizens and stop letting well-intentioned but mostly ill-informed auditors do the work for us. The proper way to do it is as follows. Reform our education system. Peacefully protest, lobby your government, run for public office, attend town hall meetings, and hold debates right here on modern-day debates about reforming the government and the police. I want everyone who listens to this debate to become active, reform the police, and change our government. Thank you for listening. That ends my opening remarks. Thanks. That's it. Thank you very much for that opening statement, Ozian. And want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, want to let you know we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. And we hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from, whether you be for or against auditing. We are thankful to have you with us. And with that, we're going to kick it over to Noli. Thanks for being with us, Noli. The floor is all yours for your opening as well. Hi. Um, so <clears throat> you'll have to forgive me. I'm not quite as prepared as uh, Ozian, but um, I really have one one thing to say about First Amendment auditing. I believe in it wholeheartedly. I don't always agree with what tools or what what um, what ways people do their auditing in, but I believe that it is up to the public to do these things because when you elect somebody that's you know, when you elect anybody into an office to do something where there's people, there's going to be corruption. But when the public's doing it, there's going to be less corruption because they feel more alone. Um, I think that based on our rights, solely on this and no other reason, whether I agree with what somebody is doing or not, they have a right to do it. And because they have a right to do it, I fully support it. Um, I will voice sometimes that I don't like what they're doing or how they're doing it, but I'm never, ever going to tell them that they're wrong for doing it. I, I think that, you know, the constitution gives us, you know, these rights that keep getting taken away from us or we keep giving away. And it's because of those elected officials. I don't think we need any more elected officials to be up in it, you know, because they, once someone's elected, they're all on the same team. I don't care if they're left or right. They're all on the same team. Um, I, I do believe in the government or in a government, but not necessarily one such as what we have now. Um, I think First Amendment auditing is necessary. I think that every person who goes into a courthouse goes into a public building that is government building. They should be recording. 
They should have their cell phone going and they should be recording every single second of it because these people who work in these places all have like a power trip. And they think that because they are in the position that they are in, they can abuse the public. They can neglect the public. They don't like the way you look or the way that you're talking to them. They can do significant harm to you by not helping you the way that that you need help, by them not doing their job. Um, And as far as the police go, you know, um, they should all be recorded not only from their own body cams, the dash cams, but if you see a cop have somebody pulled over on the side of the road, pull over, please record them. You got it. Thank you very much, Noli, for that opening statement. And want to give you guys some quick updates out there. As mentioned, thrilled to have you with us. And also want to let you know, we are thrilled for, as you can see at the bottom right of your screen, the first time ever Modern Day Debate is putting on our own debate conference called DebateCon. And it is going to be epic. It's going to be Saturday, January 15th through Sunday the 16th in Dallas, Texas, filmed in person and so keep an eye out as we are excited to let you know about updates such as when tickets will be out as well as the crowdfund coming up and you don't want to miss these live debates as many of the debates will be live streamed that day for the public to see and so if you haven't yet hit that subscribe button as it is going to be epic and with that thanks so much noli and ozian the floor is yours for that open conversation well um so to me, maybe we have a difference in opinion. To me, is auditing is you're going out to test to see how the government responds and the people respond to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you do the so they're out there to see if they do cause anxiety and fear in the public or the government from their reactions to see if they do get a response? Um, I don't think it is to um incite fear in anybody. I think it is to see if they're going to get a response, not necessarily to um, incite a negative response. Do they actually incite negative responses? Um, I think that they happen. They do occur. Some people do um, purposely go after those negative responses. Um, many do not. They will go negative as soon as um, the other party takes it negative. As soon as they feel that their rights are being violated in any manner, they will go ahead and stand up and they will do it firmly. They will do it loudly and they will drop the F-bomb. They don't care because it is their right to drop that F-bomb. I think that I think that it is really, really important that these people are out there doing what they're doing, even when I don't agree on how they're doing it, because, well, if not them, who? If not now, when? when we no longer have the right to film in public, what if I want to take a picture of my daughter on the street? You know, am I going to be arrested for it? I think in some ways they are, I think in some ways they are causing harm though. It's hurting the cause for the first amendment because he actually are a lot of people don't get the issue. I, I, I contend that that's probably the case. And so you really do create that type of anxiety and fear in people and then they look at you as you're the enemy. You're not there to help me. You're there to attack me. And instead of confronting them, I get that I get they have the right to be confrontational, verbally confrontational, 
when somebody's verbally attacking them. But if they work towards quelling that anxiety and explaining to them what they're doing, that, hey, I'm just trying to support the First Amendment, that that would go more towards creating a positive interaction. But if people didn't actually have fear and anxiety when they saw these people out there, then there would be no interaction. There'd be no motive. There'd be no money incentive. I'm not saying all the auditors are there to make money on YouTube, but the big ones are, I would say. Um, So they go out there to make, um, to get a reaction. I'm not saying they intentionally do something to cause a reaction. Not all of them. Some of them do. But they go out there to make a video of the reactions, right? And then some of them are confrontational to fight back, to hype up the reaction, to see that it um, gets exacerbated, to get the police called in some cases, right? So, and I don't find those actions moral. I think there's better ways to um, promote the First Amendment than to go cause fear and anxiety in other members of the public. And that's really my issue with it. I'm not saying it's unlawful. I'm saying that aspect of it is immoral. Everything else I agree with. You should film every interaction of the government with the citizenship of the government. And we do have a problem with elected uh, officials, but the problem is we elect those officials. So it goes to the people again. The people are not electing people that want to hold the government accountable. And we're not educating them and creating fear and anxiety in the public is not the way to educate the public. And that's my biggest complaint with the First Amendment auditor movement. And I do enjoy the content. I watch hundreds of the videos. But, I, you know, I, I, when this point came up, I did some reflection on that issue. And I realized I really can't stand for it on a moral issue. I do support it legally, but not morally. Well, and, you know, I, I believe that people have a, you know, their morals are their morals. Um, I don't think that um, a person's morals should be brought into the legal standing of any constitutional right. Um, because, like I said, I don't like the way all of them do it. I really don't. But do I still support them? Fully. Fully support them. Um even the ones that I, I have personal issues with, I fully support them. I think that what they're doing is for a greater good. And I don't think that they're doing much harm to the movement. I think the people who are doing the harm to the movement are people like, um, oh, my goodness. There's a, couple of, the good uh, ones. there's a couple of politicians back east and down south <laughs> who have put forth bills to... Um, stop the public from recording them um, so that now uh, they can press charges against you for harassing the police or harassing a, uh, a public official of any kind. And I find that to be a bunch of crap um, because I know from personal experience the past six years straight, every month, once a month, I try to make contact and set up an appointment with my congresswoman. I try to set up an appointment and uh, contact our governor. I try to set up an appointment and contact um, our uh, other people in the legislature. And even outside of my own state that aren't mine, because I've gotten to the point where I'm so fed up with hitting a brick wall here, that without paying $10,000 a plate, I can't go and talk to these people. Why can't I talk to these people? How are they representing me if I can't speak to them? 
that they won't hear me. And so these people, these First Amendment auditors are going out and they are making people hear that. Whether you agree with them or not, if you've tuned in once, you've tuned in 20 times to things like uh, First Amendment auditing and cop washing, and they got your attention. The ones that are loudmouth and rude, well, they get the attention of the people who are loudmouth and rude. And they open up a door to the concept of what the First Amendment is, which is your freedom to press, which we are all press because we are free press. Um, the freedom of expression, like the censorship of the word rape, you know, no, you cannot take that away from a victim. They are allowed to speak their truth. Um, just like a First Amendment auditor is allowed to get up in the face, well, not get up in the face, but literally, but figuratively, and tell a government official, a police officer, um, the security guard at your, at your uh, courthouse, to piss off because you're not violating any law. What they are doing is violating the law by posting that sign that says it can't be recorded in here. And I think it's, it's asinine for me or any other First Amendment auditor or uh, cop watcher or activist to be held responsible for um, a fear that is inside of somebody else. Because I can say boo to a baby and it'll scare them. I can say boo to the next baby and it'll laugh. I don't know what's going to scare anybody, but I tell you what, a camera surely shouldn't frighten anyone. Yeah, but you don't have a right to go out there intentionally and instill fear in people. By How are they instilling fear in people, though? That's what I don't understand. But I, they know it happens, and they do it anyway. So these bills aren't being written because of the people standing 20 feet back, moving when the police ask them to move out of the, ra- out of the way. These laws are being written because people are being conf- confrontational. confrontational. They are refusing to move when asked to move. That's why they're writing these laws, is to stop that. So these these cop watchers who are acting as First Amendment auditors are, I'm not saying it's right, right? But those interactions are what are, are um, convincing these politicians that they need to create laws to prevent those type of interactions from happening. And they do disrupt police. Many of them do. They're not out there being peaceful. They're out there yelling and being belligerent. Right? And when I say not being peaceful, I don't necessarily mean they're being unlawful. I just mean they're not being helpful. They're not, you know, I'm not saying you should help police either. I, I'm for police reform. I, I'm not a back the blue type of guy. I, I'm not at all. But um, so I think part of the problem is, is we don't have government transparency. And um, say with like body warm cameras, you know, people think all cops wear a body cam. Most, I think it's less than half of them wear a body cam and they all should be wearing body cams. And then people think, oh, they're wearing body cams or held accountable. Well, that's not the case either because they don't give you access to that that data. I understand that there's personal and private information on a body cam that they should redact the information. But if you were the one involved, you should be able to get that body cam footage for free and immediately. There should be no questions asked. And if it's private or sensitive information, you're a third party, then maybe they, they redact some of that information from it. But it should be accessible. I'm almost to the point it should all live stream to the cloud and anybody can click cop number one, two, three in Tampa. What's he doing right now when he's on duty, right? And they'll mute the cameras when they're to – and we see it's conspiring. Conspiracy is a legal term. But they're talking about what can we get this guy charged for. 
And police are out there to find people guilty for a crime. They're not out there to find everybody innocent. I'm not saying all cops are that way, but a lot of them are. And I think that is the major problem. I know that is being exposed by some of the cop watchers and some of the First Amendment auditors. Um, So that is one reform that I would say would be better than than, uh, First Amendment auditing is for everybody to push to get where all police have to wear body cameras and that that data has to be accessible, and it should be free to access. They shouldn't be. There was one guy I saw. They charged him something like um, Charles Bronson or Charles, Chuck Bronson, I think, is goes by. I love Chuck. And, uh, yeah, he's cool. Anyways, <laughs> and he usually just stands out there and talks. Or, but yeah, I get it. Anyways, uh, they want to charge him like twenty five hundred dollars to get the body cam footage. And to me, that's reprehensible. And that with, dealt with his actual incident that he had. But they were charging him. They were trying to, to my opinion, you're trying to charge him a price where he couldn't afford to get the body cam footage. And that's a problem. So, so my, and going back, like, so my main complaint is that you should, if, if you do have bad, you should film all of your personal interactions with the government. And I, I applaud the people that stopped when they saw George Floyd on the ground with a knee on his neck or on his back, whatever you want to say it was. And they filmed, they got out their cameras and filmed, right? And that exposed something that may not have been exposed if people hadn't been out there with cameras to film it. And and I do appreciate that, but they're not there to do an audit. They're just there to film the whole, and and it sucks they couldn't do anything. Like they, they should have gone up and said, stop, get off the dude, but they couldn't even do that. So, um, yeah, so I guess they they are there to cause anxiety and fear. I don't think that's their intent, but they actually do. And they do it anyways, knowing that that's what they're going to get when they go out there. Right, but see, the thing is, I um, knowing that you're going to get a certain reaction, I don't see how that, I mean, isn't that the, the, whole, the whole purpose is that we don't want that reaction. So if we get that reaction on film and we embarrass the crap out of them, because legally, no matter what we do, we get we get screwed over. We get put we get put on the back burner or we end up getting charged with some stupid ass bullshit. And oh, sorry. Cuss it. Um, but. Uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't be getting those those reactions. And so the fact that people go out there and they are getting these reactions is proof that we need people out there doing this. Because these kind of reactions need to stop happening. It's evidence we need to educate the public. We need to educate the public, right? I don't think this is actually educating the public. It's it's not the whole public that's watching these videos, right? So we need to educate the public. We need to reform our education system so so children learn about their civil rights in school. I agree. I mean, they're they're taught to trust the police. The, the, The police are taught to lie to you about the law and about the facts to get you to not necessarily fed up to something, but get you in a trap. Every lawyer will tell you to remain silent, not to speak to police, but we teach our kids. They should talk to to police as children. Um, Oh, I was going to make a point. So you are right that like, okay, so it's lawful to do the act. So just because something is lawful doesn't mean you should do it. Just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean you should do it. 
So take, um, so this is an analogy. I'm not saying you have opinion either way on it, but say spanking children, right? It may be lawful to spank your child. You may have a right to spank your child, but it doesn't mean I approve of it. And it doesn't mean I endorse it. And I am going to speak out against that behavior and act, even if it is legal and it's a right to do it. So just the argument saying it's a right that we can go out there to do this thing. And there is an issue that we've exposed, like a child is being disobedient. But to me, there's other ways of solving those type of issues. And that's through education. And I don't feel like, I think you're getting an exposure, but I don't think it, I don't know if the good outweighs the bad. And to me, it looks like, like I just anecdotally like spoke to like five or six different people and most of them disagreed. Like every one of them disagreed with what first amendment auditors are doing. And to me, I'm like, I mean, really? Okay. Then why are they getting so many views on, on YouTube for first amendment auditing? So I don't think it's as supported as, as people in the movement think it is. And I think it does hurt the movement. I just, um, I don't know. I can't, I can't feel that way just because of the open, the, the opening doors, that, that little footstep in for people of different ideals and different lifestyles and different beliefs. Um, you know, like you said, Amagam Press, you, you really enjoy him. Well, for a lot of people, that is that that doorway. That's that that step into what is the freedom of speech, what is um, the freedom of press, what is the freedom of expression, what is the freedom to religion. Um, I think we should add the freedom from religion into there somewhere, but you know, of course, we can't. But <laughs> besides the fact, um, but for other people, you know, it's the it's the loud mouth that is going to bring someone in. It is going to educate them on something that our school system did not educate them on. I didn't learn dick about my rights as a kid. Um, I remember learning the preamble. And that's about it. I don't remember actually learning about what those things meant um, as far as, you know, your right to protest. Um, and then all the, the stipulations that are placed on your right to protest that you can't do it here, you can't do it there, you better get off the sidewalk, or you better get off the road, or you better get out of that park. Um, you know, and every city ordinance has, you know, some kind of impact on that. And I think that if nobody is above or beyond the Constitution, then daily our rights are being violated by simply existing, because of where we live and all the local uh, laws that are in place that say you can't hold a sign in a park. Um, this happened in my town. There was a festival going on and there was a man holding a sign in a park. It was a blind man. He's holding a sitting on a bench, holding a sign. And these cops arrested him for holding this sign because it was illegal for him. And I don't even remember what the sign said. It wasn't anything. It was like totally benign. And why the cops were calling him to begin with, I don't really understand or know. Um, a person holding a sign should not, you know, there's no fear there. Somebody holding a camera, there should be no fear there. Um, so I'm recording the outside of a police station. I'm recording the public area of a police station. Well, damn it, it's my building, it's my right. I, <laughs> well, it's I, hate, that, I hate that turn of phrase, but it is the truth. 
But the guy sitting there with the sign isn't there to intentionally see if he can get somebody to respond negatively to him holding the sign. So a person there just filming to to conduct business is not there to see if they get a response. They're there to film their business so they can have a record of their business. To me, it all goes towards the intent of the app. And, the, and, and I don't even think first uh, cop watchers are First Amendment auditors. I don't. I think some cop watchers turn into First Amendment auditors. But the act of watching a cop, yes, you're um, utilizing your First Amendment right for freedom of the press. But you're not there to test the police, right? Which is what an audit is, right? An audit is there to inspect and test whatever it is, say it's the books like financing or it's the policies and procedures. In this case, it's more than just the First Amendment, though, too. It turns into the Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment, right? So um, there, the, it, to me, it stems to the, the intent, right? And that's good. Yeah, um, I don't see where we um, can actually, you know, judge the intent of a person without being inside their mind. Now, yeah, sometimes, you know, it appears to be obvious, but I know many auditors out there who are the aggressive type auditor who are out there for the right reasons. And I believe in the same reasons that they're out there. I just don't, again, like how they're doing it. But many will misconstrue that person's intent on why they're out there because of how aggressive they are. well, they'll see what their intent is. They're, they're to do a First Amendment audit. Well, they might not see it, but they'll broadcast it on their YouTube channel, like let the world know, I'm auditing the First Amendment here. Right? They all do that. And I'm saying that that is the intent is to see if you if your actions will actually get an emotional response. And that, to me, even the most peaceful ones, even Amagansett Press, and his son that do audits, I don't see that action there because of the intent of the act as being moral. And I get it. I get why they're doing it, and I get the problem that we have in our society. On what grounds do you find it immoral? Their intent is to see if they can cause a reaction, knowing that that what they do will cause reaction in people. But I don't, how is that immoral because when i tell somebody a joke it's because i i intend to get a reaction out of people yeah so do you go out do you go out to a person that you don't know and tell them some dirty joke right (laughs) right that's what i'm saying let's just like you, you don't do that right so if you went out there with a camera to tell nasty jokes to people come out of jerk church church Saying, well, it's my First Amendment right to do so. I'm going to test the First Amendment. <laughs> I mean, that to me is more obvious, right? But, <laughs> and your intent is to get a response, right? Of disgust or anger or, or whatever it is for that person. So people do, like you go out there, like some of these people will, full, and I'm not, I know we got, you know, the mask thing, but they'll, they'll cover their faces entirely, right? To look like they're stalking or prowling, Right. And then they'll say, I'm just here. Or the guy that puts his hand behind his back, pretend like he has a gun behind his back when the cops approach. That right there is and dangerous. And say, I'm scratching my back. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, 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 I'm not seeing that they all do that, but it goes to the intent. The intent is to see, they know even the most benign, like filming, like they go out there with this whole getup, right? The film and they stay there for a while and they don't want to stop and explain to them because they're testing the first amendment and I get what they're doing. Right. But the intent is to see if that, if people will respect their rights and if they have a reaction or not. And that is what I find immoral. So I, to, but I want to go back to the education thing, unless you have something to say no, no, about that. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, the, 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 the best trained police officer that we got, I think the best academies in the country are like six months long. The difference between a regular citizen and a police officer is six months of training. And that's a problem, right? So you, you, you mentioned like the regular citizens don't understand their rights. It takes a lawyer three years to get to just scratch the surface, right? So this has to start with educating the young, like young. They need to learn. But parents, we teach kids not to talk back. We teach them to respect authority. And I understand teaching those lessons, but you shouldn't respect authority for the sake of respecting authority. You should respect people, right, individuals, and respect what they have to say, but you shouldn't respect them because they wear a badge or just because they're your teacher or just because they're your parent. They res- you should respect them based on the relationship you have with the person. I do think we're teaching the kids wrong lessons about how to interact in a free society. Um, yeah, and, and as far as education goes, you know, I, I do agree that um, there are more important things like the truth that children should be learning. Um, I don't understand the point in teaching children lies because as an adult, I've had to completely re-educate myself. And I think that's just ridiculous. No one should have to do that, not after spending 12 years in school. That is a long time to spend in school to find out that, you know, most of the history and most of the um, information that you've been given is false. Um, So I I do agree with the education part of it, but... um, and somebody here had a great, um, the science guy, something, there we go. The science ultimatum, or yeah, ultimatum uh, with Jason Tom. No, Jason Torn. I'm blind as crap. I'm sorry. So, so it's immoral to verify that a correct response is being invoked. Um, I think that that is a great way of putting it. I wish I would have put it that way, but. I think that invoking any kind of reaction out of anyone is just going to be natural in engaging in public or engaging with any other human being. You're doing it to, to get them to respond to you. When you ask somebody a question, you're, you're doing it because you want a response. When you're telling them an antidote, you're doing it to get some kind of response. Um, the fact that there's a camera in hand shouldn't really play a difference on fear. I just, I don't understand the fear. I don't understand the fear part. I really just don't. I can't grasp. People feel fear. Well, yeah, I mean, I get get that people feel fear, but it's a camera. Just don't walk in front of it. Or don't approach the person that's, you know, if you're just general public, if you're there for your business. But the thing is, is most auditors 
they don't even they tr they will keep their it is so annoying too they will keep their cameras pointed to the ground when interacting with a member of the general public because they're not going to show their face or whatever and i i think that that's you know very respectful of them very annoying for whoever's watching because that's not but like if a regular if a regular citizen doesn't invite like so you, a consensual conversation means both parties consent to the conversation or that interaction right yeah. so if you go up to somebody with a camera they don't want to be filmed and they want to talk to you if you want to have a consensual conversation with them you lower the camera right well, if you go up to them yeah but if they come up to you yeah even though you weren't filming them, they just happened to cross in front of your camera. I, mean, I just, that's just a Karen being a Karen, man. Yeah, but what's the, what's the point of, what's the problem with saying, okay, yeah, I won't film you, I'll turn the camera away. Unless there's some reason to film them, like they're being, um, oh, violent or whatever. They're doing something that could violate the law, right? Or they're they're coming to attack you or yell at you. Then I understand filming them, right? But um, if they're just walking by, walking up to you, hey, what you doing, man? I don't think you should film them unless you ask them. I understand it's your right to do so. It's not unlawful. But it's, it goes to that consensual conversation thing, right? You should ask them, hey, can I film this interaction? I'll bet you 80% of them will say, yeah, go ahead. But most people don't care anyways, right? It's, it's, a, it's not a majority of people that get upset when you're filming them in public. But there are the, there is that group of people that do right and if you know that somebody has some level of anxiety right and i think that's why the press the i say the press i think that's why the uh, corporate news agencies do try to um respect the rights of private citizens when it comes to that unless they're a public official or they're whatever it is right there's a level of for that and um it's because they don't want to cause anxiety or fear in the public and uh, it's just respectful. Don't record them if they don't want you to record them. And and that to me is even worse. Like, what's the point of recording people just to record them in public if they don't want to be recorded, right? I, I understand more so going to a government building, walking through the government building, recording the employees of the government building because they're, they're working in a official capacity. But if there's some citizen there just getting the service, there's no reason to public to record them, right? So you should turn the camera camera away to me. Your your complaint seemed to be like, well, it's your right to do so, and it doesn't make it for as good content on YouTube. See, now I don't. I honestly don't. At least, um, I don't really think I ever recall anybody doing anything like that. I mean, everyone that I have. Um, worked with or who I have viewed on YouTube, um, they don't just randomly record everyday citizens or their business. They quite often stay back or keep the camera pointed downward or um, if anything, you know, they might pan across some people, but they don't specifically focus in on any um, uh citizen and, and record them like that. I don't recall ever seeing anything like that unless they are approached and spoken to. And I don't think they should have to turn off their camera to deal with somebody who came up to them to talk to them. And the ones who don't explain what they're doing 
I think that is bullshit. If you are there to educate the public, please educate the public and tell them what you're doing because they are just curious. They may come at you a little bit sideways, but they're still just curious. Just tell them why you're fucking there. So that's but, even you know, a better that's way. Again, it breaks down to just my opinion. And do I still think that what they're doing is legal and right? I do. Yeah, but legal is not the same thing as they should do it. So. Yeah, there um, there is a, a huge difference. Um, you know, and the the thinking if they should or they shouldn't, that's you know all based on opinion and. You know. But people don't. They they'll stand out in front of a private business. On a public easement, there's a lots of them. They'll stand stand in front of um, um, weed shops and stuff like that. It seems to be a popular one because a lot of people don't want to be recorded when they're going in and out of those type of stores. They don't want whoever to know, right? Um, and and they might not post a video of the actual patrons going in and out. They edit that part out, but they are sitting there with the camera the whole time to catch whatever interactions they they can. Right, and they only post the part of it unless they're live streaming. They only post the parts of it where they actually get an interaction. They'll they'll cut a two hour event down to twenty or thirty minutes for the pertinent stuff. But the guy driving by or walking by that's getting recorded by some random dude standing six feet away because you know there's all there is is a sidewalk to the front door, right? And um, recording them as they go in and out of the building is it's obnoxious they don't want to be recorded i get it's their right to record on a public sidewalk and um their but their intent is to see if they elicit a response and i i i would say that that behavior is much more reprehensible than the guy that goes to a government building but i do i don't support any of it but that's the worst type and you should alleviate to um their concerns de-escalate tell them what you're doing What's the problem of turning your camera away from a, a citizen who doesn't want to be recorded unless they're being belligerent? To me, it's not an issue unless you want the content for your video. Yeah, I'm, I can't say that I agree with uh, messing with private businesses. But if you're in public, you're in public. And if you don't want to be seen in public, then go somewhere private. <laughs> I guess is I guess it's just kind of how I, I feel about it. Um, I also believe that the law sh- uh, does agree with me at least as far as the Constitution goes, but I'm not sure for how much longer. I think our First Amendment rights are pretty secure, even though the uh, Supreme Court didn't listen. I guess there was a couple cases that came up recently about these First Amendment auditors, and the Supreme Court chose to not pick them up. And um, it's not necessarily, so, yeah, so it hasn't been demonstrated as a national right. A lot of people like to claim that the Supreme Court's already ruled on it. They've ruled on aspects of it. There's been some circuit courts that have ruled on it, right, that you can record, like the police or whatnot. But they haven't, they haven't come out and said we can't have regulations surrounding these actions, right? So all of our rights can be regulated to a certain extent, like um, the right to peacefully assemble is in the proper time and manner, right? You can't go, yeah, you but can't the point, go out at 2 o'clock the point in the morning. protesting is to um, cause a reaction to... Is to be heard. Yeah, and so if you follow, if you go along to get along, 
there's never going to be anyone standing up and saying, hey, this is wrong. You know, and I think that with First Amendment auditing in their own way, they are standing up and saying, hey, this is wrong. And I'm going to show you what is wrong with it. Yeah, I, I, th and I think, and to me, that is their intent. And that's the issue I have, right? I think there's a proper time and manner to protest what the government's doing. So I do support people going out and protesting, gathering in groups. Sometimes you need a license, which is like whatever. But I understand that there might be 10 groups that want to go to the same place the same day. You can't let all 10 groups, right? Imagine having a uh, a back to blue rally with a BLM rally in the same space. It doesn't work very well. We sort of <laughs> yeah, want to keep them a little bit separated. It work well at all. <laughs> yeah. Even though they should agree, like, I, I, I just want to say one thing. I didn't mean to bring it up, but man, it boggles my mind that somebody can say, I love the Bill of Rights or I love the U.S. Constitution. I love everything. Please do. Like, you don't realize that the Bill of Rights is there to protect you from the police? That's what it's designed to do. It's like, how could you have both thoughts? I just don't get it. But anyways, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of it that I don't get, and I'm sorry. I keep getting this. There was a uh, Back to Blue rally uh, in Philly, I think. I think it was in Philadelphia like a year or two ago. And the um, BLM also was like, it was like back the blue was on this end of the street and BLM was on this end of the street. And then there was all these people just recording it. And it was the people who were recording it, who were getting like pretty much attacked from both sides. And the way it happened, just freaking cracked me up. It floored me. It absolutely floored me. At least it gave both sides a target. I don't know. With that, it is a fine time to jump into our Q&A if you guys are ready. However, I don't want to rush it in case you had any last points you wanted to discuss. No, I'm totally ready. You got it. Same thing for you, Ozian? Good. You got it. And do want to remind you folks in the meantime, first, as mentioned, thrilled to have you here no matter what walk of life you're from. We are a neutral platform wanting to welcome everybody, no matter what your position is. Also want to mention, both of our guests, we are so thankful for you, Noli and Ozzy. And I want to mention, folks, their links are in the description. So if you'd like to hear more from our guests, we highly encourage you, check out the description box below, and you can find their links there, as well as if you're listening via the podcast. So maybe you have found Modern Day Debate on your favorite podcast app. If you're listening there, I can tell you, we link Noli and Ozian in tonight's case, in the description box of the podcast episode as well, so you can find them there if you happen to be listening at the podcast. And with that, we'll jump right into it. Stupid pardon turkey energy. Thanks for your super chat saying all I need is a laser pointer. And I don't know what that means, but Noli D, thanks for your super sticker. Appreciate your support of Modern Day Debate, Noli. Seriously, it really You're does welcome. mean a lot. We're thrilled to have you here. And stupid pardon turkey energy strikes again, saying... The, the problem is that First Amendment auditors are anarchists. Noli will give you a chance to respond to that. I have a feeling it was for you. Um, well, I don't, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I know that there are Republicans and there are Democrats and there are um, uh, those uh, Moors. There are anarchists, yes, um, a few of them that I can think of off the top of my head, but there are people from all aspects of the, um, of 
political belief systems who do um, cop watching and auditing. It's not just, you know, um, the, the sovereign citizen type of person who is going to be doing these things. And honestly, what's, what's wrong with, um, with anarchy? I mean, other than the fact that uh, not every community is going to reach out and help other community members, but for the most part, they they are. I mean, they're 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 peaceful people. They just want to be left the fuck alone. Excuse me. They just want to be left alone. Um, they don't want people to come onto their property and tell them what to do or what they can't do. I, I don't see anything wrong with with anarchism at all. I think it's actually quite positive and and very close to volunteerism. And and um, I think that really that's kind of the way to go because clearly, anytime we elect people and put them in power. Wherever there's a per people um, involved, there is absolute corruption every time. And that's what we're dealing with today. That's what we've been dealing with ever since the very beginning of this country, is that kind of corruption. And using an anarchy system would eliminate that corruption um, to an extent as far as power and control over one's rights and freedoms. Gotcha. And thank you very much for your question comment one eight 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 i'm telling says shout out to floyd on 559 days sober proud of you my boy good for you floyd we're happy for you not cool that's not cool what is that is it george what is it george floyd i don't know if that's who it's about they say 559 days sober I'm not going to do the math. You gotcha. Move on. And Bubblegum Gun, thanks for your comments. Says the Constitution is dead, either water, tree, or hush. I think that this, I'm not sure if this is for you, Noli, or for Ozian. Constitution's not dead. We still have the Supreme Court. We still have laws. Uh, Constitution's still being um, decided on in the Supreme Court. Rights are still being enforced. We did end qualified immunity, though. I do agree with that. You got it. This one coming in from the Defenders of Rights says, my question is to ask Ozian, is why would you tell them what you're doing during an audit and ruin the authenticity of the interaction? To de-escalate the system and quell their anxiety. Gotcha. And any last questions, folks? We do actually, we have actually, oh, wait, we might have one more. This one coming in from, thanks, Joel. Will Banks for your support says, thank you for this platform. Appreciate that, Joel. That means a lot. And Max Obnix's question for both. Have you watched UK auditors like auditing Britain and Coleybergs? And what do you think of them? Um, I've seen yeah. auditing Britain. Um, I haven't seen the second one that you mentioned, but I have watched a lot of the, I'm actually quite close with a lot of the, uh, the, the auditors over there. I try to keep my, I try to keep my relationship doors open on either side. I don't agree with them wholeheartedly on some things, but that's, I don't agree with anybody wholeheartedly on anything really. I like to be difficult. But um, I think the police are more polite. It seems like <laughs> not always right, but more polite. But they have different laws. They have laws against defending people in public in the UK. So they, they don't have the same rights we do here. Actually, they don't actually have rights there at all. I mean, they have the Magna Carta, yeah, but that wasn't actually written for the public. 
things for Protest just, Protestants. Yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but um, I believe in what they're doing because they should have those rights and they should have um, certain freedoms. And um, I think all people should be, you know, treated with dignity and respect until they prove that they don't deserve it. Gotcha. By, of course, you know, disrespecting you or whatever. But <laughs> thanks for laughing at me, Joel. I appreciate it. Um, Go ahead. If you had anything else. No, no, that that's that's all. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. No worries. Stupid pardoned energy turkey says, how much is the Kremlin paying Noli? I think that they're trolling you. <laughs> That doesn't mean you're commie. Cop, watch, cop watchers run the spectrum. There's, there, there, it's not a political ideology. Not cop watchers. First Amendment auditors. It's not a political ideology. So they're not all anarchists. They're not all the the sovereign citizens don't even respect the First Amendment. They don't believe it. It it, it applies to them. They believe they have rights outside of that. They're their own entity. So it's like these are all straw man arguments against First Amendment auditing. Um, it's it's just not the case. It, it runs this, the gamut of people. Gotcha. And checking the old chat for any last questions. Do want to say, as mentioned, our guests are linked in the description. We really do appreciate both of them for real folks. We want to say it is honestly a pleasure to host them and want to say thanks so much for your questions for the Q&A. It's a pleasure to get your questions. And folks, with that, we are going to wrap up and want to say huge thanks to Noli and Ozian. It's been a true pleasure as for the first time we've never covered this topic, even though I know it's very popular and controversial on YouTube. We were excited to do this. And so thank you, Noli and Ozian for helping us do that. And one last question from VMFM. Thanks for your question. Says for Ozian, can we get a, clo- get a hat close up shot? We want to see that hat. That's a beautiful let me, let's see. Let me just, uh, there you go. There it is. A beautiful hat. A tremendous hat. Thank you very much. That is superb. Where did you get that, Ozzy? And we have to know. Amazon. Nice. Okay. Oh, What's it called, though? Like if, I, if I was going to show up on stream with that one day to surprise you, Ozzy, and what would I have to search for on Amazon? Um, steampunk hats. That's that is based and or red-pilled. Thank you, Ozian. Yeah. But yes, do want to say thank you, Noli and Ozian. It has been a true pleasure. We really do appreciate you guys, seriously. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, everybody. 100%. So I'm going to be back in just a moment, folks, with a post credit scene updating you on some of the upcoming debates. For example, very controversial debate coming up, as you can see at the bottom right of your screen, as Victoria Hammett returns to debate our new guest, we are absolutely thrilled to host her as well, but do want to mention, in addition to that, folks, we have this upcoming conference. We're going to talk more details about that as well, so stick around. We'll be back in just a moment.
Ladies and gentlemen, what a fun one. Really fun as we have been working hard to get new topics on, new guests on, and we really do appreciate Noli and Ozian as we really, it has been a true pleasure getting to have this topic for the first time, and especially because Noli and Ozian were both fun and cordial, and we do appreciate them. So show your love to them, folks, and remember, they are linked in the description. And... In addition, my dear friends, I want to say hello to you in the old live chat because this is honestly, I always enjoy this getting to just say hello and hang out with you and want to say thanks so much. Malketh X for being with us. We're glad you're here. Charles Darwin pumped you are with us as well as Ron J and Akbar. Also, Lucky Burrito, Art and Music. Thanks for being with us. We're glad you're here. And Captain Crunch, good to see you again. Human Girl Beta pumped your back as well as Oliver Catwell. I am so glad you were here. Recognized it was steampunk. Is this a band or something, Oliver? I don't know. This is new to me. But yes, we do want to say, Jesse Goins, we're pumped to have you. Let me know. Am I pronouncing it right, Jesse? Let me know. As well as Joel Wilbanks. Thanks for being with us, Joel. Is it Joel or Joel? We want to know. I want to say it right. So thanks for hanging out with us, though. And Mark Adam Crow, pumped you are with us as well. And... Stupid, pardon, turkey, energy whore, we are glad to have you, as well as Daniel Roberts, glad you were with us. The Defenders of Rights, thanks for coming by. I got your message, by the way. I hope you're doing well, and I saw you called. Thanks so much, as well as the v, or Via MFM, pumped to have you here, and thanks for your support. Willie Keenan, thanks for being with us. We're glad you're here. Truth Defenders, glad you were with us. Shalom to you as well, and Steve Cutler Live, pumped you're here, Steve. Thanks for dropping in. Colorado Biker, good to see you, a long-time viewer. We appreciate all of your support, Colorado Biker. Seriously, I am pumped you were with us. And then, stupid pardon, Turkey Energy, thanks for letting me know you need to talk to me. I am on both Twitter and Snapchat. Also, moderndaydebate at gmail.com if those don't work. But Daniel Roberts, pumped you were with us, as well as Brooke Chavis, Thanks so much for all your, your support, Brooke. And want to say thanks for being a member. I don't thank you guys enough for being members, and I'm sorry about that, for real. And I do want to say thank you so much. For those of you who have become members, that really does help, this, help the channel. As we pursue the vision, and we are passionate about this, and believe me, you will see at this conference it being made into reality even more. And by large strides, as we take these big steps in 2022... As we host DebateCon, the first ever conference by Modern Day Debate filled with epic debates. I'm telling you guys, we really, we're, we're confirming some big time stuff and it is going to be gigantic. So I am absolutely thrilled. And I got to tell you guys, you may not know about this. You're like, huh, DebateCon? What are you talking about, James? On the bottom right of your screen, January 15th, which is a Saturday, is the first day. And then Sunday is where we wrap up. It's going to be a two-day conference filled, jam-packed with debates. If you're there in person, you're going to get to see all of them that you want to see, although some of them will be at the same time. I've got to give you that heads up. But we are going to put tickets out shortly. So we're, our goal is within a week that we get sales for tickets going, and that is going to be an epic one. If you live anywhere in the Dallas area, maybe even Houston, it's worth the trip. It is going to be that good, and I'm pumped to get to meet. I got to meet some of you. So, for example, Colorado Biker Prepper in the old live chat, I actually got to meet in person once. We, we do both live in Colorado, and so that was – I appreciate your support, Colorado Biker Prepper. Seriously, Colorado Biker, I think it is for short now. But want to say we are pumped. That's right, Colorado Biker. We are pumped about this conference. 
It is going to be ginormous. Many of the debates will be streamed to the public. We're going to do a basically a crowdfund because this is a risk. Folks. I, I got to be real. Like this is actually like I'm not joking. It's not like I'm just making up. Uh, but it is going to be monstrous. And by the way, Ron Jay, I see you there in the old live chat saying already subscribed. Modern Day Debate and Moly. Thanks for your support, Ron Jay. We do appreciate you guys subscribing as we are pumped. Join us while we're small, folks. We are a small channel as of right now. We have big aspirations, and we are learning quickly. We are excited to have a greater impact on YouTube as we fulfill the vision of providing a neutral platform so that everybody can make their case on a level playing field. That's absolutely vital, and we're doing it, and we're going to do it bigly in 2022. And as an example, I've got to tell you first, we're pumped to wrap up 2021 as we are in a determined march to hit 60,000 subscribers. We are absolutely determined. We are excited about that possibility of, wow, it just seemed like it was like just yesterday that we hit 50,000. And so we are so thankful for your support. For real, everybody, we do appreciate it. You guys make this channel great. And I'm serious about that. It's not just, oh, it's like lip service. You're trying to make people feel good. No, 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 no. Here's how. I'll give you several ways. One is that some of you have actually debated on the channel. I see Noli D, for example. I see Ozian in the live chat all the time. Some of you have debated on the channel. That obviously is the biggest thing. We appreciate that the debaters are the lifeblood of the channel. But also, I've got to tell you this. Your questions during the Q&A, that really does help. We need questions for a question and answer. And if you didn't have those questions, if you weren't submitting them, the Q&A would be very sad because it wouldn't be a Q&A. There wouldn't be any questions. We've had people recommend guests. So sometimes people reach out and they're like, hey, I reached out to so-and-so. They're willing to come on. It's going to be epic. That really helps us is that we can say, hey, well, if they already said that they come on, like, that's great. We can reach out to them. And that helps a ton. People submit ideas for us to host. We appreciate that. You guys, I can tell you, even like the little things, you might think it doesn't help, but it does. The things like subscribing or if you hit that like right now, we're at 149 likes. We can hit 150. Believe me. We are so close. I can feel it. Is that when you hit the like button, that helps for real. It does. The, that's what it's always been said is that YouTube has said that it helps boost channels in the algorithm. And so we do appreciate that support, everything. And I got to be honest, even just by being here, it really does help. And you might be like, well, how, James? Like, really? Well, even just by watching at Modern Day Debate, there are a couple of things. One is it helps us to have this eclectic community, an array of different people from different walks of life, different demographics. And we want to let you know, as always, whether you be black, white, gay, straight, Democrat, Republican, Biden supporter, Trump supporter, you name it, we are thrilled to have you here. We welcome everybody because every, a lot of people say, oh, we're, we're so tolerant. Oh, oh. But the truth is, are they really welcoming everybody? And so we do welcome you all, whether you be Christian, atheist, Muslim, agnostic, we are thrilled to have you here. And having this eclectic community really does make a difference. Seriously, it really makes it a more well-rounded community. And we have a Discord, by the way, if you didn't know that and you're like, oh, really? It is linked in the description, and I'll throw that in the chat in just a moment. But I've got to tell you as well, Even by watching, maybe you're like, I, I don't really participate. I don't really say anything, though, in the chat, James. I've got to tell you, it still makes a difference, and here's how. In particular, the YouTube algorithm recommends videos based on what videos you watch, 
that are correlated with other videos that other people watch. And the YouTube algorithm is very good. I and mean, these are the best people in the world. And so just by like hanging out at Modern Day Debate, no joke, you do help because our videos are recommended by YouTube at exorbitant numbers, ginormous numbers. YouTube is constantly recommending our videos and that's one giant way that we grow. And so for real, you guys, you help Modern Day Debate more than you know. And so you have helped us get to as we're edging closer, uh, we're only a thousand away from 60,000 subscribers. We are close as right now, last time I checked, I don't remember, I think it was like, we're, we're uh, 25 away from 58,900. So join us while we are small, as I'm telling you, my dear friends, we have big aspirations and we really are confident that we are really going to grow big as we are taking big strides this 2022 year with these new conferences. And also our goal is to hit 100,000 subscribers by the end of 2022 and to keep up our proportion of viewership because that's the trick. A lot of times people overestimate the value. Like they think like, oh, subscribers is like the most important thing. I've got to tell you, it is awesome. Like I I'm thankful that we have so many subscribers. I'm thankful to you guys for making this channel awesome. But the biggest thing really, I'd rather have zero subscribers and 10,000 views per day compared to some people who have 10,000 subscribers and zero views per day. More importantly, we're not about the numbers of, like, oh, you want this many subscribers. More importantly, we want impact on YouTube. Namely, we want people to know, hey, there is a neutral platform hosting debates so that everybody gets their fair shot to make their case on a level playing field. Everyone's actually treated fairly. And so that's important to us. And we are excited as I got to tell you, I'm not trying to brag. I give you guys the credit for real. I am just so encouraged that compared to channels, I sometimes see channels with 100,000 subs and we have more views, more watch time on our channel in the metrics than these other channels that have over 100,000 subscribers. So our impact is huge. We are a small channel with huge potential and we want to say thanks so much, you guys, for making it that awesome. Pray for me. Thanks for coming by. I see you there in the old live chat as well. And then Joel Wilbanks says, that was fun. Thanks for letting me know that, Joel. I'm pumped that you enjoyed it as much as I did. I thought it was great. And so Charles Darwin, Bubblegum Gun, Brooke Chavis, good to see you. And I got to tell you, my dear friends, we are absolutely excited about the future. So let me tell you about some stuff. One, as you know, there is this controversial debate. I won't even say the word on stream because you know how YouTube is. But Regarding SoyTube, I can't say this word on stream, but we will host the debate and it's going to be juicy. It's going to be controversial on the bottom right of your screen. Victoria. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.